Hello, everyone, and welcome. <laughs> I'm a little tired. To the 87th episode, special episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your host, Educate Collins. I'm here with my constant co host, Shady Bunny. How you doing? I'm doing great, Collins. Excited for our two special guests today. Yes, we have two special guests with us today. On one side, you know her. You love her, player extraordinaire, turn caster extraordinaire, turn developer extraordinaire. She can do it all. Give it up for Gia! And on no, the I other feel like side. I'm a wrestler being introduced <laughs> to the ring. Thank you, Colin. He's a man that holds all of Bob's RNG in his hands, the one who leads the charge on the design of the new Battlegrounds cards. So prolific, he even gets confused for other team members. Give it up for John McIntyre! Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you both on this podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to this all week. Katie Same here. <laughs> uh, Collins, before we start, maybe yes. you want to just change the uh, game category, but you still need to put that on. Oh, so oh yes. Let's... Ready, to, <laughs> ready to roll after that. That'd be a shame. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so mods can do that for um, sure. Miner's done it. So yeah, yeah, we're good. All okay. right. Sounds Let's good. Let's roll. Uh, first things first, Gia. I, I know you're recently new to Blizzard. I wanted to ask, how has been your experience at Blizzard? How, how has the change been? I know you've done a lot of things, so how does that feel compared to everything else? Oh, it's been great. It's a lot, though, because on top of starting a new job, it's actually my first job in an office because I've been casting for right. so long, and it's my first time living away from home and I'm in a new country and all of that so lots of big adjustments but um, I joined at a pretty fun time of the year uh, when I started on the team Undead were mostly already done just helped out with some of the last balance tweaks and uh, so this is the first set of content that I had at least a minor contribution to that we're now revealing it's very exciting that's gonna be really cool so yeah, we do. There has been so many reveals today, and we do want to cover um, a lot of the stuff that's been revealed. But we do have our own uh, unique things to cover, things that uh, haven't been revealed yet. That's what we're going to focus on. But then after we're done with that, if we have some time left, we'll try to hit some points, some things that we want to talk about, cards that we think, oh, these are these are interesting. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> first things first, we do have removed cards so there's going to be 16 removed cards um that have begun the game two have already been removed but they're in my notes so i put them in anyway so, <laughs> so yeah we, that's the uh mechano tank and the white man. yeah mechano like, tank and white man um so we do want to kind of talk about some of them some of them i think are more obvious why they're being removed uh but there are some that i do want to get your thoughts on like why why'd we remove this this or or no but if we want to go through the list like quick, uh, we do have the picture up, but we have Imprisoner, Southscale Honcho, Glyph Guardian, Yoho Ogre, Jace's Elemental, Cadgar, Bonker, uh, Major Domu, Draconip Enforcer, McKenna Tang, Baby Crush, White Mane, Razor Gore, Pale Scale Crocolis, Tony, Two Tusk, and then Imp Mama. Whew. I'm really sad about Cadgar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got being removed as exciting. Yeah. I think we might need a moment of silence for him. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's essentially the the exodia pirate comp uh removed right unless yeah. you know you can still run a golden baron but you know to go really toe-to-toe with end game builds you'd need uh cadgars yeah so cadgar has always been like a i would say a problematic card in in the <laughs> game because it allows for so many things and i i completely understand why it's being removed now because you guys are adding so much reborn right and the way cadgar interacts with reborn is so not fair <laughs> not valid really so i can definitely see it but i love pirate exodia so much that i'm a little sad that yeah cadgar is one of these cards where it's really flashy it's like oh anything can happen in hearthstone it breaks all the rules uh but those flashy cards, they can like block off a lot of design space. Uh, so we like putting them in when we can. But at some point, you know, Cadgar has to go so we can do other things. Uh, a similar card that I might compare is Chroma Wing, where Chroma Wing's had a few times with like Bulgin's Buddy or uh, the Alchemist that swaps attack and health. It's like it's, it's just a very dangerous card to exist in the game. Very true. That makes uh, sense. So first thing is off, we do have Imprisoner also being removed. I think this one makes sense. I mean, card is pretty good, and you, you're adding a lot of replacements. Yeah, with the introduction of dual type, and we tried to hit like an even distribution of every minion type getting at least two new dual types, so we just kind of had to see, okay, what tiers were we hoping to add into, and roughly analogously taking out minions from the same tier. And um, in terms of overall philosophy of what to remove, we just tried not to touch things that are um, crucial to most comps, right? Where Imprisoner does have some good synergy here and there, but it's not really necessary to make any one endgame thing work. Yeah. Speaking of... So, yeah, I was just going to ask, like, the, the bulk of the removals then is just to make space for the dual types. It's not so much that they were uh, in the, you know, well, in the way, but in a different way. Yeah. yeah. I would say, though, salt, salt scale honcho, I would say it's pretty crucial for... Something, Shane, you want to talk about this card? Yeah, well, this this card was largely addressed with Toxfin moving to six. Oh. Uh, I will I will say that before Toxfin went to six, my game plan on pretty much any hero was to play Honchos, make high health Murlocs, and then cycle for Toxfins, and it was extremely consistent in, in high MMR play. But I think the main problem with Honcho um, has already been resolved with Toxfin okay. being on six, but it, it is a... It's a card we've gone pretty used to. Like this was a really good card to set up your Murloc early game. Um, like if you have two of these in the tavern, you can still do it, even with Toxfin on six. Uh, well, not anymore when they're removed, but um, just because Warleader gives extra attack, and you can play a Swolfin later on, and then the Swap Striker gets extra attack naturally. So yeah, Honcho, I would feel more like a card that uh, it's not so much just. Um, let's just make space. This this feels like it does impact how you play Murlocs early game. Yeah, it is a card that I'm sure will be missed, but in terms of the Murlocs we're replacing it with are two dual types. Actually, both of them do have scaling effects. So Blazing Skyfin, it's the sort of crowd favorite callback, Murloc Dragon. And then we have Magmalock on tier four, which is a Murloc elemental, also scales itself. Of course, the big difference meaning being these two minions scale themselves rather than other things. But um, I feel like Honcho will have some good enough replacements. Yeah, I think also when, when making an update, we want the game to be different afterwards. And if we're 
just taking out the cards that were the lowest impact and replacing them. That It isn't as impactful as taking out some cards that did play a key role. I think, like Gia mentioned, there's some cards that fulfill a slightly similar role. It, it's a different flavor on it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of the philosophy when, when taking cards out. Okay, that makes a ton of sense here. Next, we do have Glyph Guardian. I think this one makes sense. It's it it isn't super impactful. There there was like this one thing where you could, if it survives a hit, it gets double attack, right? So you can quadruple attack if it's golden. It can have insane stats. So sometimes this might be like the best card for killing like a gigantic battle master or something like that. But other than that, I think uh, it makes sense to be one of the cards being removed. Yeah, it feels pretty low impact overall. Like. There's a question in chat I wanted to address, which is if Honcho stayed, would it be a dual type Murloc pirate? Because I think that's a good question to oh. sort of clue into the um, mindset that we have with dual type overall, because all our dual type minions can appear in a lobby. Let's say you had a Murloc dragon, it can appear in a Murloc only lobby and in a dragon only lobby and in a Murloc dragon lobby. So if Honcho were a Murloc pirate, and it appeared in a pirate-only lobby, it would make completely no sense. So this is not something we would have turned into a dual-type Murloc pirate, even though it would, you know, look a little bit like a pirate. If the visual, like, art of it is not saying this has to be um, of a certain dual-type synergy, then we would, of course, look towards the effect as the priority. That makes a lot of sense. Cool, cool, cool. Next, we have Yoho Ogre. Won't be missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this feels like filler for the most. Other than that one glorious time where you just buff it and you kill like a frog board or something because it keeps attacking back. But for the most part, just stuff you bought on tier two and then sold. I made that uh, like a a golden one. It had with like fifteen health super early in the game. It, it killed everything every time. I was just like, thank you, thank you. Uh, next we have Stasis Elemental. This card I actually kind of liked a little bit because. I would play like demon elemental uh, spellbat stuff, and you could hold one of these in your hand. You play it uh, when you're in your turn, and then you get a big elemental that you guarantee. Eat. That was a nice thing. But other than that, it wasn't like that important to the game. So I can understand this being. If you like elemental demon comps, uh, maybe its replacement felemental is interesting to you. That's I... the one that buffs all minions in Bob's Tavern. I haven't seen the new stuff because I've been working on this stuff. Oh, so. right. okay. Yeah, Shady has. Shady, the, yeah, Shady's the one. Like, I, I would say through. for <laughs> we split the we split the work. So I would say that for Collins's taste, it's too slow because he likes to just jam golden light spawn with a bunch of avenge and then buff, 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 and then eat like forty forties in the shop. So I suppose with Felimental, it, it could be like a golden brand type stuff where you do get. Lots and lots of triggers, but that, that's a bit more setup than just rolling into a light spawn. I, I love that comp as well. It's it's super fun, just eating huge elementals in the shop. Don't like it as much as I do, Shady. Like yeah, it. of course. It's also nice with um, Mindmuck. That was such a nice addition for it because um, even with quests with the um, odd even quest above seven seven in the tavern, like Mindmuck is so good with that. It's so much uh, so much value. Anyways, not to get too much off topic. Yeah. Yeah, Stasis other than that, not really a crazy card. Yep. Next we have Bonker being removed. Uh this one really was pretty good. Like always loved getting it early. Uh I know Galacron really loves hitting this early and you just keep them you know, 
forever, but uh, I'm sure there's beautiful replacements for this. For for me, Bonkers probably one of the more uh, like sad ones that I see uh, leaving because I I really like like four on four with uh, Togwaggle or early four drops with Toki, and this is just the nuts if you get it super early on the board. You can also uh, well quests I'm assuming are rotating out, but the uh, Parasol is also so good with this because uh, you can just have one bonker on your board early game and it just keeps attacking. <laughs> it's so much fun. So probably the most fun card for me that, that I see going. Uh, next up, we do have uh, Major Dormu Exodus. This card really, I think, was just a, a millhouse like, key card where you just cycle so much and uh, you scale it. It also had a lot of synergy with the five drop taunt that scales every time a Murloc's buffed. That would be the combo. You'd play that and uh, those two cards together and just get insane health uh, minion. Kind of wondering what's the thoughts on this one being removed in, in place? Just like no rumor. So when designing our dual type minions, we, we looked at where mechanically minion types overlapped. Uh, we had Murlocs and Elementals as a pairing, and they do a lot of cycling of minions. And that's how we landed on Magma Lock. That's a tier 4 1 1. At the end of your turn, gain plus 1 plus 1 for every minion you uh, played this, this uh, turn. So, very similar. It's not as restrictive of it has to be Elementals, but it's similar in that you cycle a lot of minions, you get stats. Whereas uh, Executus, we, you can choose what gets buffed it's just magma lock that gets buffed but so they actually they yeah. role. that was the original text on magma lock was plus one plus one for repeat, each play right? but yeah. yeah we changed it to repeat actually so that executus type effects could still exist to synergize with master of realities very cool very cool i knew as i was saying it i'm like is this the right one because we changed it at some point so thanks for the correction yeah no worries we went through so many cycles of this, it's tough to remember, like... <laughs> but we, next up, we do have Dractive Enforcer. This is more of a, of a George card. I don't really think a lot of heroes <laughs> would use this. It feels this. like a filler, basically. Like, yeah. I guess I could play this sometimes, but most of the time, you just roll past it. I love cards that can say, hey, do this mechanic. Uh, I think, again... We have a dual type that just serves this role better, uh, Cyborg Dragon, that's a Divine Shield Dragon mech, and it gives your Divine Shield minions plus 10 attack. I'm gonna talk about yeah, that. I want to talk about that <laughs> later. It feels uh, pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then next up, we have a card already been removed, but I did kind of want to talk about why it did get removed, uh, like the, pre the previous patch with Kano Tank. So it deals 5 to the highest health. This card did used to be like, Omega strong, very strong, and very overpowering. Then I think power levels got ramped up a little bit, and then it kind of fell by the wayside of not being like that important to, to run. But I definitely do remember a period where if you had this early, and I just won the early game. Yeah, it was six damage back then, though, right? So it did get nerfed. Sure. Um, but I, I do remember when you played the, uh, the global games, I think, or like the big Something. tournament. And that was essentially everybody just tries to triple into a tank or roll a tank early. That was a very high tempo meta. Yeah, I, I think this is again red. It's, it was not such, such a great card anymore later in the game. So. Oh, cool. 
And we do have Baby Crush. I think Baby Crush, um, I'm happy to see going. I, I don't like this card. <laughs> this card, uh, just, you, the, the way you can just take so much, or take max damage if you miss a 50-50 is just, like, so frustrating, I guess, to deal with. So, uh, it didn't create happy experiences, I, I would say, for me or, or maybe other players. So, I'm definitely happy to see this one gone. Yeah wholeheartedly second that, that was any thoughts very on that? frustrating yeah uh, essentially was this a card where you guys uh was it mainly let's just make space or was it also like well this this is a problematic card i'd say um, a mix of both as the these that we're adding are both high tier five and six in the dual types it made sense to remove higher tier beasts and i personally am aware that baby crush has had very mixed sentiments towards it and i think especially with undead in the meta where there are a lot of tokeny based strategies baby crush is maybe just a little bit too over there as well okay cool makes a ton of sense and we have, um, I should probably talk about uh, Croc next, right? Where's my Croc? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> We've got Pale Cell Crocolis, kind of on the same vein, another high tier beast. Probably just this one moved more for design space. This card was very good though, but I, I can see just like having. A... Yeah, so uh, I guess Fell Stomper fills a similar role of that high end minion that uh, rewards you for doing a. A very swarmy type archetype. Fell uh, Stomper, if you haven't seen it yet, Collins, is uh, after you summon a minion in combat, give all your minions plus three attack. It's a demon beast. So something to support like token demons at the high end, which they've been historically kind of lacking in. Is it kind of like a. Uh, what's that one called? Redrop? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, the the ghoul or the 2-4. That is yeah, a bench, four, yeah, give yeah, three yeah. attack. But that's the menagerie. That's the menagerie buffer. Oh, right, this right. one buffs your whole board. Oh, nice. um, yeah, the, there is a big impact here, though, with Croc being a 5 and Felstomper being a 6. Because beasts, that, that was uh, sort of iconic to go for 5s with wow. Mama and Croc. And now, well, Baby Crush as well, a little less so. Not so much an engine, more just tempo. So that does change the way how you think about beasts, where it's pretty much just... Mama, because uh, the other beast is Blanche, I believe. The uh, mm -hmm. the four four. Yeah, it's also not really that identity of a croc where you'll triple into a Blanche and you're like, yeah, I'm winning every fight now. So yeah, but I mean that's fine, right? You gotta shake things up. But that yeah, spreading the power up. level across more like to tier six now. All right, sounds good. Next up, we do have White Mane. I did want to talk about White Mane. It's been removed already, but this card had a like a big impact while it was in the game. And I did kind of want to know, you know, what the thoughts on being removed. I, d I don't think it was, like, super problematic. It did, like, the issue is it did shut down some comps. You couldn't just, you, there were some comps you just couldn't run because, oh, they had a white. If if they hit a white meat, you die, right? Because it, it will shut down your whole comp and you'll take max damage. So that was kind of a problem. But I hate, I don't like Leapers, you know. And, and this <laughs> this was the solution. <laughs> so now I'm just like, ah, I lose the Leapers. Yeah. Yeah, to speak on that a bit, um, I think leapers and strategies dependent on Baron, uh, there's always that, that counter of Zap. And then Uther was added to the game, which can get things out of Zap range. So this was some counterplay uh, to, to 
not 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 just like leapers, but any strategy where it's dependent on one minion, you can try and counter them. And there's a bit of fun mind games of guessing where they put it, a bit like I guess Battleship. Um, so we thought that was fun, but I think the the extremes of gameplay it led to of oh my entire comp is now deleted because they guessed right was frustrating at a lot of times. So rotated out early. I do think there are some uh, there's a card that can help against leapers that was added in uh, that's added in twenty five dot two. Sounds good. Next we have Razorgore. Um, this card was good, but it. It didn't like fill a niche or a composition, so I can see it being a card to remove to fit other just that, that one just Next up we have Tony Two Tusk. Now this one I think needs to be talked about. This card definitely was um it 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 warped the game, I, I think is 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 accurate to say. And, and at least in high level lobbyists, the the ability to just get in like a, a hogger so quickly golden and then if you hit one more hogger you're infinite it was just so quick and so abrupt that um you could definitely lose games out of nowhere or win games out of nowhere i, I definitely yeah, and it's also so um flippy where if you don't get this tony the proc you're dead but if you do get this tony the proc, you 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 can you can maneuver into a, a win very very easily so Definitely think it, it's a card that needed to be looked at, and, and now I'm actually happy to see it removed. And this removal, I think, is very much one-to-one -one with the card that replaces it, because it does have a similar effect um, on Tier 6. We have Greta Goldgun, even the name is in the same format. It's a Tier 6 2-9 spellcraft, because it's Naga Pirate. Make a different friendly pirate or Naga Golden until next turn. So technically, there is still a way to get to your Golden Hogger or Golden Eliza rather quickly. Uh, I mean, just not by going through getting three copies and all that, but it's on tier six now and has synergy with plenty of other things. And I think has less of those negative feelings of, oh, did I get the setup and did it not get sniped in the combat? Did I get lucky there? And I think Tony also with Avenge being being the keyword and undead in with lots of taunt reborn might be too easy to activate makes a lot of sense yeah having the activation on six is definitely a lot um fairer i would say because you do have to get the six and then you have to other synergies where uh you can just triple into the the tony triple into hogger like very easily you know you get two fives and you it's hogger tony oh whoops i have one on accident <laughs> I, I'm happy to see it uh, a little bit harder to do. And then last up, we have Imp Mama. Can you take it away? I like Imp Mama sort of as a menagerie buff option, but I do get that she is in the way because I see a lot of people complaining about like, well, demons, why would I play demons, right? It's kind of just fell that and this and that. So yeah, by... By opening up an extra six drop demon stuff, I take it that you get to do a lot more with the type. Yeah, in a weird way, we wanted to get rid of this piece so we could better promote the token uh, demon strategy of making room for for Fell Stomper. At this point, you don't really need ways to summon more minions. Uh, demons have plenty of ways of doing that. You need a reason to do it uh, and be rewarded for summoning minions. Um, so that that's part of why we took this out. Makes a lot of sense. I I didn't love this card. 
that he did, you know, this card, ah, you know, sometimes I, I did win my last game with it, <laughs> you know, but, but generally, you know, I, I'm a Felbat uh, uh, fan there, and I'm, I'm glad that one's sticking around. Definitely a fun card to play with. Mm-hmm. And after that, we do have two cards that are returning from the grave, you know, back from the dead. We've got Icky Imp and Budding Green Thumb. Those ones are pretty interesting. Icky Imp, uh, I think it it just fits the like the theme of the expansion with undeads and summoning more cards and reborn. So that that one I think makes a lot of sense. So, any thoughts on why these two particular ones are being added? Icky yeah, Imp, there's... we really oh you go ahead, Gia. Oh thanks, yeah. There are just tons of Avenge synergies to do, or not even Avenge is a keyword, but death synergies in general with Undead being back. And uh, one reason I think that sticks out is because we are introducing um, Risen Rider, which is very similar to Acolyte of Cthulhu, which was almost universally considered the best tier one back in the day. And now it even has a minion type. I think it's important to have a couple one drops that actually match up well against that. So it's not just an auto pick every time you take it. And yeah, Icky Imp also synergizes with Fell Stomper on the top end and I think is just a bit more of a flexible replacement to Imprisoner. I think Icky Imp has interesting like fights with some early game minions in that it's one damage three different times. Uh, but we had to take it out for quests because it ramped up a few quests too quickly. So it kind of died for the sins of quest. And now that quests are out, we, we can bring Icky Imp back. Yeah, it makes sense. And then Green Thumb. You know, we, me and Shady, man, we were just like, Green Thumb's good from the beginning. And then everyone's like, you're crazy, you're crazy. Green Thumb's not that good. <laughs> and then Shady's like, we just play. We just keep winning. Da, da, da. And then eventually, eventually, people started catching on you. Green Thumb's pretty good. And uh, now, <laughs> I remember I was like, wait a minute, Shady. You're going too much at the Green Thumb. <laughs> he was like, no, no, Green Thumb. <laughs> green Thumb tier six. We just buy it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But yeah, definitely a fun card. I think it, it makes a lot of sense in this meta as well. It, it definitely should just get better. So I'm happy to see it back. Really fun card. Really cool. And opens up some nice, uh, nice synergies, nice turns. It's like skill so much. You buff double deflectos things like it's a it's an extremely satisfying card card early yeah. on yeah it's, we did have a couple of feelings in play like people uttered the line i miss green thumb <laughs> while playing with undead more than once so <laughs> you're not alone there great and we do have some revamped cards so this is pretty interesting Except for Amber Guardian. Amber Guardian is getting a technical fix that I think is deserved. But the other two are pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so Amber Guardian is uh, changing where once it becomes golden, instead of giving plus four, plus four, which I believe is what it was before, it's now going to give two friendly minions plus two, plus two, and divine shield. So I think that's going to be uh, a lot better for how you use Amber Guardian. Most of the time you want to hit specific minions give them buff Terragosa mainly and just giving two things a vine shield is usually more powerful than giving one thing uh, you know more two plus two like a lot of this comes from a feeling standpoint of we want tripling a minion to feel good good, and when it went from giving two minions divine shield to only one it it felt bad often 
And this has some good synergy with the uh, the Cyborg Drake, I suppose, mm -hmm. where it's more an aura type thing, so it will apply during the combat as they receive the Divine Shield. Ah. Look at you. You know the new cards. <laughs> Reading cards and stuff. Oh, all right. Amazing. And next up, we do have a Peggy Sturdy Bone is is changing to Peggy Brittle Bone, and that's it. The Other way around. Oh. It was Peggy. Brittle Bone, it's changing to Sturdy Bone. Oh okay, I have the 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 text wrong then, because no, Brittle Bone has you undead. undead you have it right, but but yeah, look at her picture. Right, she used to be a skeleton, or she is a skeleton still. So the sturdy bone is the human form, or the fully human right. form, or whatever. So, so oh. to clarify, we we changed her art and her name. We're going back in time before she died to when she was just a pirate. That way, we can make it just a pirate because we don't want her to show up in undead lobbies. If she was in a lobby where there's undead and no pirates, she doesn't do anything. So it was to uh, address that. Okay. Yeah, you can really tell Collins doesn't buy every Peggy you see. <laughs> I love that card. Yeah, yeah so, so this is this is essentially just more like technicality stuff, making sure that it just makes sense. That we, we right. don't want to be stuck with the cards. I'm like, oh, why do I have this? Okay, cool. Okay, so to, to clarify, in pirate lobbies, you're going to have Sturdy Bone, and then in undead lobbies with you're gonna have both, or no? You'll no, have no. this one. Peggy Brittlebone is in the void. She doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> but in undead lobbies, you'll just have the Brittlebone. No, no, no. Peggy Brittlebone is not a card. Oh, right now it's like um. So the old Peggy, as we know it, which is Peggy Brittlebone, you know, if she were still in the game, she'd be an undead pirate based okay. on the art. But that is getting removed and replaced with Peggy Sturdybone because. Peggy Brittlebone has no synergy with Undead. Okay, thank you. That's great clarification, thank you. Yeah. So, essentially, I guess we get thrown off by the Undead Pirate tag. Yeah, that's what threw like, me off. That is I was definitely like, oh, yeah, yeah. This right? yeah. So, But this is, I guess, for future purpose or whatnot, where, yeah, it would make sense to have it as Pirate Undead. Okay, Gameplay so is basically no, no change. It's just no to not confuse people of, hey, that's an Undead. Why isn't that in yeah. Undead okay. Minion? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so we didn't I... succeed though because we confused two people. <laughs> well, 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 now I'm know. not confused anymore. So I'm glad we, we, we are went confused for the benefit of everyone else. Yeah. So that, that is great. So then I'm assuming Baron is the same. So stuff. Baron is the same then. There's no tag on Baron, and we Ooh, just back... Baron is kind not of. exactly the same oh, because okay. we also <laughs> okay. have a functional text change here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Please yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah, so obviously, like, thinking about it first, we're like, okay, Baron Rivendare, the character, is an undead, and we cannot have this card as an undead because we need right. Rivendare to exist in all lobbies. So we're like, okay, let's un-undead, bring Rivendare back to life. So now it's Titus. And we were thinking, what if we did something different with it as well to help differentiate a bit better? And it's just an opportunity to try something new. So now we have your death rattles trigger an extra time, meaning that having two Rivendares of Titus on board would stack. Okay. okay. So Baron's gone. But Baron's Ti gone. Titus is yeah. now the replacement. But it's also yeah. being changed where now you can run multiple Tituses. You can have three golden if you okay, want. Okay, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> to hear me out, you know, three golden Tituses. Yeah. So no mega the golden version will just read uh, two additional times then. And then essentially Cabgar, yeah. Cabgar-esque, where you could just, all right, we fixed the Skelly Comp. There we go. All right. I could just run these now. <laughs> just roll a bunch of barons. Yeah. Oh. All right. 
Wisdom ball, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be calling him Baron for a very long time. I, will still be I was wondering that as you were talking. Like, he's still going to be called Baron. And new players will be like, I keep, I keep looking for this guy called Baron that people talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm still drafting Malganis, by the way. Like, I oh, yeah. Jeez, no. here, so, yeah, it's... It's taken me a while. So. But yeah, no, the, the the picture here is different. So I think that's that helps a lot where Morganis, it's it is different, but it, it still felt like I looked at it as like, yeah, that's a Morganis. Like here, I feel like <laughs> I've got a, yeah, different colors and everything. All right, sounds good. And then we do have a couple more changes, some hero changes. So we do have four hero changes for you guys today, starting off with going and going. I like this. I've been, I've been not complaining. I've been wondering, with going, going, when you go to a destination, you can pick the same destination, and it takes you five turns or three turns to go back. You're already there. Like, what's going yeah. on? So, um, it's getting a new hero power. So, um, you you have different flight paths now. Westfall is now uh, in one turn. Give your leftmost minion plus two plus two. Iron Forge is now in two turns getting two gold. And then Eastern Plaguelands is now in three turns. Discover a minion of your tower and tier. So that one was Iron Forge before. Now it's becoming Eastern Plagueland. And the cool thing is you can't pick the same location twice. So you can't go from Iron Forge back to Iron Forge back to Iron Forge, which is what we used to do before. <laughs> now you have to go pick somewhere other location and then come back to Iron Forge if you want to. So Definitely a functional change. One I appreciate logically, and so I like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Do yeah. you think this change is a buff or a nerf? This is a nerf. Because <laughs> I would... The, the, yeah, the straight instinct is nerfed, because I like slamming... Uh, I, well, former Iron Forge, I, I like slamming Plaguelands now. But how, how, with, yeah. Yeah. You have to play it. I, yeah. With a change like this, there's always a chance that there's some cool curve you can do that very specifically in this meta just makes a ton yeah. of sense so if that's the case then yeah we we can get stronger but yeah. the instinct is i just want to discover minions as fast yeah. as possible okay it, well happy to hear the instinct because this was definitely a bit above the power level i mean the old gaming that we were aiming for and also we found the play pattern of just slamming the middle button every time problematic so now not only can you slam the same button every time you even have to read the button because the middle button is not what you think it does anymore that's I'm, gonna catch a lot of people off guard at this turn sure. i'm gonna be iron forging an instinct and then being confused like why where's my card oh i got gold i do think the iron forge gaining two gold can be the difference maker in whether this is broken or like very strong or like better than before if you can find a curve where you can use that two gold in a very optimal setting but other than that like i haven't tested and just looking at it you you are limited than what you were before so it should it should theoretically be a nerf, but there might be a way where that two gold is uh, makes I mean, a big impact. It's it's more interesting regardless. So that's that's cool. That's fun. I think this is a good opportunity to speak a little bit about balance philosophy of when do we nerf something? Because there's there's more aspects than just their power level. There's like, hey, how frustrating is this to lose against? And there's how long have they been at the top of the tier list? I think Gale Wing's one of these heroes where when it's the best hero. We're not super stressed. It's 
not too frustrating to play against. Maybe a more frustrating hero to play against might be Eudora, where it's really swingy and she might blow you out some games and do very poorly others. But Gilwing feels pretty fair to play against, not too frustrating to lose to, but has been really powerful for a really long time. So we were looking at making changes at the same time, like Gia touched on, uh, there's this gameplay pattern of this is a hero where you're supposed to be making a decision and getting different outputs throughout the course of the game. But for a lot of players, it was always the same choice. So we're kind of forcing their hand and trying to kill two birds with one stone. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) On the topic of frustrating heroes, I know Shady will have to talk about Lich Brazil, you know, what's your thoughts on that <laughs> one, you know, that, that card, that hero is a bit of much in terms of how, yeah. how much damage you can do. This, yeah, this is absolutely a hero that's, uh, so, so essentially for, for people who aren't aware or don't play Lich this way, I have this window turn five to turn seven slash eight where she has a really high probability of dealing like 10 or more damage to whoever she plays almost regardless of your start. So that just felt really, um, I guess, frustrating that you say, well, because I queue into Lich, my game is now limited in options because I just have a lot less health. So is there anything, uh, like essentially, what what is your take on that? Definitely a hero that we have our eyes on because um, there have been uh, comments from more than just you on that, Shady. Don't worry, we hear it. But um, it's something that we wanted to monitor in, uh, right, rather outside the context of quests first before we make a final decision. That makes sense. Appreciate the uh, answer there. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's just nice to hear that, you know, it's on the radar. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, next uh, hero we do have to talk about is uh, Maleficent. Um, Tinker. Some- <laughs> uh, Millie Maleficent Manastorm. Manastorm, that's the yes, she's married, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, uh, sure. Okay. So the hero power is getting changed to a passive. Whenever you summon a mech, give it plus two attack. So it's kind of similar to um, Deathwing, only for you and only for mechs. And it's actually better than Deathwing in in, in the mech context because you get the um, your the minions that you summon in battle also if they're mechs get the plus two attack. That's actually. Yeah, I was talking Definitely. a bit about why we nerf some cards, and that's also true for why we might buff some some heroes. Which is, you look at Maleficent, been on the weaker side for a while. Um, gameplay pattern is really more of like elemental identity before of buffing mechs in the shop. Uh, didn't really feel like a, a mech hero. So updating some gameplay, hopefully a buff, and we'll get her to see some more play. There's something interesting about uh, minion type heroes because of how um, they're designed. Just telling a player to force one minion type is actually just enough of a of a power increase of like how on average you're going to do it, that it's hard to make these heroes like statistically strong because if you make them like strong on on average and a, a player that doesn't know what they're doing just knows, oh, I buy mechs. They're going to do better <laughs> just because they buy mechs, even if uh, the hero power in itself isn't what's giving them that advantage. So it, it's, it's always hard to figure out how do, how do I design this hero in a way that feels fun to play, but also isn't like overshadowed or overpowered because 
most people are just buying mechs or buying one type and that's good enough if, even if you don't know what you're doing yeah it's a balancing act for sure i think like putricide might be a good example of you don't have to run undead with it but it definitely benefits from from having an undead comp um, a cool, cool one. We do have another one with minion types, Jaraxxus. This card, this hero has always been uh, something I avoid. <laughs> but, uh, maybe <laughs> That's a very now, nice way to put it. Maybe now I might try it. So it's getting a change. Uh, now you can choose a friendly demon. It consumes a minion in Bob's Tavern to gain its stats. So it's kind of like a mini Bellbat effect or a Mind Muck, I guess. Uh, uh, for, you, you choose um, the minion on your side, but you don't right. choose the one in the shop. Oh. Right. It, it's it's just a like a, a fell bad effect for the minion pick, but it does have some synergies with elemental scaling and stuff like that. So definitely in those lobbies where it's like demon Ellie's, I think I might be looking at this. More than I was before, so interesting. It was Jaraxxus, like you were saying, just saying play a minion type is really good for new players. Drexus has historically been actually pretty powerful among lower MMR play, uh, oh, lobbies. Right? <laughs> and, and another thing that usually benefits lower MMR players is just flat scaling. Uh, if they can just give their board plus one, plus one, uh, they, they tend to be less efficient with gold. They're getting less stats on average. So making it very clear it is powerful for them. Uh, but it falls off at higher MMR. I think this one allows a lot more room for skill expression, identifying cards like... Uh, the Legion Overseer or Elemental Synergies that can reward higher skill players. Definitely a fan of this change uh, for sure. And the last hero change we do have is Pyramid. So when I looked at this, it looked like it was a buff, but then Shady was like, why would they buff this? <laughs> so he's like, I'm going back and checking. <laughs> I'm, I'm checking. Yeah. And apparently yeah. assuming... Go yeah, please go ahead. Please go ahead. Oh, I was listening to your your year in the review, uh, your last podcast, and uh, you talked about like, yeah, Pyramid was really good, but because it's not that strong anymore. And I think that uh, with a quest system, heroes that are able to get access to lots of minions helps them complete quests. Tends to be stronger. I think with Pyramid quests going out, we can say, hey, do we really want this to be like the best hero or one of the top few heroes? Answer is no. So it's a slight shave in the amount of stats he has access to. Yeah, I do think like once quests are gone, you're gonna see the. If it didn't get nerfed, you'd see it rise back into the top because it just, it's so much health for free, and you don't have to pay anything, zero gold, and and you get to choose right. It used to be random, and you know like got so many buffs on it on on top of uh, the changes. So I do think um, quests were kind of making it feel. Not as impactful, but I do think once quests are gone, you're gonna it would it would be very noticeable how impactful this more avenge units in the impactful so able to give it health so that it doesn't die. Right, green thumbs coming back. Uh, definitely think this is a this is a nerf in the right direction. So the nerf is that it's starting one health lower, right? Essentially, correct. Seems good. So now we are kind of done with the things that we had to cover, right? So just checking back, we have 16 removed minions. We have the revamped Icky, uh, the re-added Icky Imp and the re-added Green Thumb. Then we had the, the change to Amber Drake, Peggy, 
and Baron, and then we have the four heroes uh, that are being adjusted in some way. Now, I have some cards Shady want to talk about that I also want to talk about, but I didn't. I didn't read them all. <laughs> so, but just these these cards. Um, first thing we did want to talk about is the Cyborg Drake. So this is a Tier 5 to a Divine Shield minion, which your Divine Shield minions have plus 10 attack mech dragon. So theoretically, when you play it, it should get the buff itself. So it starts off as a 12-8 Divine Shield minion with upside. That sounds so good. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> yeah. strong. We were just interested if, if you guys in playtesting noticed that this was just like, yep, they have that. I guess I lose or... Because this, yeah, feels really strong. So I guess some context to give: if a minion loses divine shield, it no longer has the buff. Okay. So this is uh, like twelve eight, but it becomes a two eight once it gets pinged once. Um, so that's part of the balancing act here. And if you can do a lot of deflecto and holy mackerel things, you can take better advantage of this. But uh, uh, that, that's one way where it's like it's one hit of a bunch of damage, and then you're relying on that minion's base stats. Yeah, my, my instinct here is that a lot of my Divine Shield are pretty good without plus 10 damage. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly fine just taking 10 damage for the first hit. But yeah, I guess we'll have to feel it. We'll have to see if there's uh, just some annoying stuff where, oh, they ping my shields and I went into something useless and now they don't deal any damage anymore. But yeah, I'll probably still be having some fun with this at the start. Uh, see if it's as strong as I feel like it is. Feels like a snap pick when you, when you roll into it if, you're, if you have nothing else to do, so... Definitely, definitely want to see how that feels. Next card we do, or next, well, next topic, I guess, is more is more about like the <laughs> philosophy of these high tempo six drops because we have noticed that you've added a lot of six drops that just have a ton of tempo, and that's not usually the case of what uh, six drops used to be. They're more uh, scaling six drops where you get them early, they're a little bit weak, and then as you keep them on the board, they just get stronger and stronger and stronger. Here we've added a ton of cards where you get them that turn, boom, you've won the fight most of the time. And it's just like it feels more of like a philosophy change from like some of the six drops of old until the six drops added. We kind of wanted to ask what your thoughts on 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 these new drops and how powerful they feel at, from the get go. Yeah, I could talk a little bit about. Um, I think a lot of the way Battlegrounds has been playing out recently, mm -hmm. when there isn't a system in the game is it's about assembling a triple, leveling very quickly, and getting access to a scaling tier six. And it creates moments where a lot of your success of that game is decided in one moment, yeah. and it's who gets the best scaling six drop. I think slightly decentivizing that play style, trying to push a little bit more tempo in like the tier four or tier five, as I think you've identified over this review, um, helps promote spread out gameplay where your success isn't decided as much in in one individual moment yeah that that's that's very cool that that is that is very true in that uh, a lot of games if you're especially if you're not like hyper competitive level where you get you you get your triple you see what the triple is is it good i've i've i have a chance is it bad i've lost like that's your <laughs> Um, I do think adding more like other things to do besides just going for those options and, and being able to fight in tempo on the lower tiers 
than just six is also a, a nice way of kind of alleviating or giving players more options how to how to navigate the game. So that's pretty cool. Wanted to hear your thoughts on this philosophy. Yeah, I, I think it can maybe even lead to a situation where you are offered the tempo card and the scaling, but if the meta takes a certain shape, then you might want to pass on the scaling because you'll need to pick the tempo thing first so that you don't die to other people taking the tempo thing. And then you could maybe start scaling. No, so shit. yeah. Scale from the get go. Scale from the get go. Just giga <laughs> chat. Just scale anyway. Yeah. We scale no, or I mean, die. That's the only option it, for it, me. It, did, <laughs> it was something though, because like you trip her into Fell Stomper, you're just well, actually just stomping the next person. Like it's yeah, it's a lot of a lot of tempo. So yeah, okay, that's 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 interesting. Definitely a bit of a change of pace with the six drops. Right, next up, we do want to talk about Puffer Quill. So this is a new way to gain poison. That's really been, um, I guess, not common in the game, right? There's, you've basically not given poison to any minion types besides uh, Murlocs since the beginning. So. We've we've added this new way to just get poison in into the game, and this just kind of what are the thoughts, your thoughts on once just only Murlocs having poison, and now just adding another way for other minions to access the. So I wasn't on the team yet at the time that mm -hmm. the dual types were first conceived, but I did get to retroactively look back at the sheet that John was referencing of like, what are the mechanics that certain minion types have in common, right? And Quillbar and Naga was an interesting intersection because these are the two minion types that play with spells a lot. And when we think about poisonous, you know, there's plenty of spellcraft that give a keyword, but we obviously cannot put poisonous as one of those because spellcraft can go on any minion. So the question was like, what's an interesting way to give limited access to poison? Because we still recognize that this is an important keyword to give comeback mechanisms, but the access to it has to be on a very fine balance. And I think in terms of minion types that could be good candidates to have access to poison, Quillbar was top of mind yeah. for me in particular, uh, because it felt like they were one of the classes where while they do have scaling, the attack-based one can get outclassed pretty easily or um, defeated by a Defined Shield and they needed something a bit extra going for them. So I think between that intersection, a design like this was a pretty good candidate to hit all of those gaps. I think especially in the Coolbore setting, uh, so the way how late game Coolbore plays out is I've got like six big things and then I play two Necrolites and I have two big things. So it's really nice to be able to play something that then also just has an impact without having a ton of gems on it. So I, I think that does really help out the Coolbore end game where you can, you can stay in your own type for the most part. And it's not hard to keep poison on this, like gems crafts really a lot of uh, easy ways to get this poison so i think if you're playing quill or some this this will be a important piece especially if you need poison i guess i mean i, I i'm happy because i i do think there wasn't enough ways to deal with big stats and, and i think that that became more obvious even for most players once uh toxfin's at six where um you just you just fight someone who gets this big scaling early, and they have like just gigantic taunt. You can't really deal with it. Uh, well, sometimes it's not taunted, and then if it's taunted, you can leroy it. But it, let's say it's not taunted, 
can't deal with it. Just being able to give players more options. And, and I think Quillbor is like definitely top of the list for something that could use this effectively um, to just deal with all these um, big stat uh, compositions that are pretty prevalent in the, the D state. I'm happy with it. And a little confirmation here if uh, Dark Gaze and Charlga would activate this. It would, because its spell is played, not after you play. Okay. Nice. It's so easy to trigger this. <laughs> okay. All right. Sweet. Uh, and next up, we do have um, Thin Runner Blanche we want to talk about. So this is kind of like a Terragosa, in, in my opinion. I don't know how to really clarify this, but it, it's a Reborn, and then this is Reborn with full health and enchantment. So. I kind of wanted a clarification on that itself and then more of a one died. You have to go. Any any thoughts on, on clarification of this card and how it works? Oh, did John die? Um, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at something to clarify in chat yeah, too back. on the previous card. The Greta with the Puffer Quill because how that works is if you just play the gold gun on Puffer Quill, it still needs to have another spell played on it to get the perma poison, but it will still have perma poison even after it reverts to a regular minion on the next turn. But if you do it in the other order of you play a spell, so it gets temp poison and then Greta gold gun it. So now it's a golden with a temp poison. If you don't play any other spell, when it goes back to normal next turn, it will not have the poison. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's very useful information. I, I think for, for Blanche, essentially we just wanted to know if you guys did any crazy stuff already with this because it just seems like such a meme card where you look at it and be like, yep, you can do some funny business with this. Yeah. Well, generally, it's just a good target to give stats and divine shield. Uh, but in terms of crazy stuff, I would say some other undead can even go crazier. Yeah, the start off is an undead card, and we wanted a card that you felt really good about buffing, uh, kind of like a carry minion, and we thought that uh, beasts have some reborn as part of their identity. We kind of want to expand on that. We thought there's some interesting things you can do and some beast comps with this, so we made it dual type. And in terms of when it says uh, full health and enchantments, what does enchantments consist of? Like, what, what, what does that mean? Like every buff ever given to this card, or is it just like specific buff type? Within that combat, so it would be like Leapfrog or Death Rattle. It would be um, if you gave it Taunt with a fencing partner, right? A sparring partner, um, as well as stats. If I glow scale this, uh, will it reborn with the Vine Shield? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So that's. So definitely some potential there. Or it's I guess you can compare it to Myrmidon in Nagas, where that's just a unit where you just throw a tons of buffs on it and you feel really good about it, especially if you golden it. Like there's there's just a multiplier at work there where you're very happy throwing your resources at that card. Totally. And when designing these, um I guess like cleave is another example. Minions with cleave you want to scale up. And we, we look at this as uh, a single minion for you to feel really good about buffing for it. When you're looking to buff a minion, uh, it creates interesting decisions. And so this was playing that role in a dead, an undead, 
and then we expanded that to, to beasts. When can I enchant cleave? When is that coming? Classic yeah. wind fury cleave enchantment on this scene. When do wind when fury is that cleave on? poison yeah. next week? Month. <laughs> when we have enchants for overkill too. So just <laughs> yeah. repeats. Mm. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, next card we do want to talk about is the Greta, the Greta Gold Gun. Right. I think this card needs its own like mini topic. So it's a spellcraft. Make a different friendly pirate or naga golden until next turn so this is basically a golden hammer on a on a stick or a card. well you, you can't throw it on a brand you can't throw it on a nomi so it's basically the... golden hammer shape basically golden hammer ridiculous no it's a gun what are you talking about oh that is true that is very different uh yeah so we, we talked about it a little in the context of the hogger situation where tony would enable golden hogger so i suppose this is the um the closest thing where this was also a really common use for Golden Hammer. You just throw it on a hogger, and then you know, even if you have only two hoggers, you're infinite. The um, the question I had here is that I'm assuming that if you combine this, it's kind of like combining Nadina's, where you just don't like doing that, and it's probably too powerful if you give it a bonus for being golden. Or like, what was the uh, idea behind that? It would generally like it when uh, Goldening a minion gives you a bonus. Sometimes they're just too strong. Isn't a way to really do that. Uh, it, it's especially difficult with with um, with spellcraft minions. That's why when we designed a lot of spellcraft minions, like Gain Taunt or Wind Fury, we added stats to it. But here we we didn't want to add stats to it. The point is, it's really cool that you can give a minion golden automatically. Uh, so we just leaned in on that, and as a consequence, uh, goldening it doesn't mean that you have any extra bonus yeah right. uh, we we do see the clarification on the gold gun uh but if you have two different gretas you can't use the guns on each other of course no it's different part of the reason for that is if you the can golden target... will make a, a new one right yeah. yes yeah so it would just always be right to golden that minion immediately and that's just kind of like tedious apm um opportunities for people to make mistakes that really aren't and decision it's just a chore kind of to do. Let me tell you about tedious APM. You <laughs> <laughs> would have to like half the stats, basically. Uh, very fair, very fair. I, I do think this is like one of the more interesting cards that I've seen, right? Because I haven't seen all of them. <laughs> the, the added, where I, I think you could see a lot of cool things, especially with Nagas. I know not, Golden Nagas are actually really powerful compared to some of um, the counterpoints. So being able to pick a you know, a Naga, make it gold, and then play around that is going to be really impactful. And then, of course, Hogger's still in, so, you know, you hit a Hogger, you're happy, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely, definitely a fun card. Then next up, we do have, like, a, a small tempo card, Jelly Belly. After a friendly minion is reborn, game plus three, plus three. Uh, you know, Shady kind of talked about it, how it seems to be a lot of tempo early, especially if you start with a reborn. If you have, like, two reborns in all, on your board that's a 9 11 right on on tavern three that's really really good so uh definitely uh definitely a powerful card i think yeah we yeah are we jumping into undead now sorry i wasn't sure feel free is a one of or are we going through we're we're going a little bit yeah i didn't know how much time we had you know so yeah we we just got everything else out of the way but we do have some undead uh still yeah sure yeah 
But okay, feel free I, I just to talk want, about it. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I just want. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm going to jump into some high-level yeah. undead philosophy. Yeah. Of if you look at uh, the last two minion types we added into the game, Quillbore and Naga, yeah. uh, they had new mechanics, new keywords, and those, they're they're very um, focused on those keywords, and they kind of have like one end game comp each focused on on those. And part of the reason we we feel that works is because for blood gems and spellcraft. You can still mix them well with other minion types. They still benefit, but it means that their their new mechanic has to be very flexible. With uh, Undead, we didn't want to end up in that same position. We wanted more broad, uh, being able to work with existing cards, having a few different endgame comps. So, for example, one of them is Reborn. Uh, I think that does a great job of recontextualizing existing cards, things like the Lich King, now we can give anything Reborn. You've got these cards that care about Reborn. It's creating new new decisions, new gameplay with existing cards, which I think is super fun. Uh, so that's why we went in the Reborn direction for Undead. And then, as you mentioned, this is a very valuable tempo piece where perhaps you see uh, uh, the Tier 3 Reborn Dragon, Amber Guardian? Someone correct me if I have it wrong. Bronze Warden, thank you. Yeah, and and maybe you pair them up together. I I can see this getting nursed. <laughs> I could, I could <laughs> oh, there there was another card where uh, we don't have this one in in the slides, but we talked about it a little bit before the show. Where it's it's another tempo three drop, the two four with avenge one every time um, a minion dies. Essentially, you are giving plus three attack to uh, menagerie. Essentially, so if you have four different types, that's twelve attack. That's also really high tempo. So we do see those um, high tempo three drops coming out, and that can uh, definitely lead to some swings. Where this is not nowhere near as bad as old uh, Doomsayer on three, but we definitely saw a race to like people tripling on tier two to try to get Doomsayer to just pop off. So yeah, that does require that does create this uh, I hit it or I didn't hit it type situation. And if I hit it, I'm strong and I can level. If I don't, I'm you know I'm stuck trying to survive. Yeah, I think when there's multiple strong tempo minions, lots of people can hit it, right? It's not just a single one. Uh, and again, I, I talked a bit about like tempoing means that we can punish strategies that are just trying to level up to tier six and and start scaling from there. Um, so it's it's partly to create a range of curves and and uh, valid ways to to play the game. There cool. we go. Um. And next up, we do have uh, Sister Death's Whisper. So this is definitely a perfect time to talk about Undead and, and all the cards. We don't really have all the Undead cards, but I do think this is like the main engine for... One of the main engines for Undead. And that after you give a friendly minion reborn, you give all of your Undead minions plus one, plus three permanently. And that, that I, I assume, persists through battle, right? Where if, if Undead and... I mean, that's the only... <laughs> I guess you can play one. No, I guess it has to be. It only it actually only triggers in battle, right? Because you can't trigger it in the in the shopping. Phase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a combat trigger. Um, one rule clarification is: let's say it's the second half of the reborn that wouldn't then keep its buff in the shop phase, similar to how existing reborn work right. with heroes like Rikara. Yeah. Yeah. This this card just felt really strong. When I uh, when I looked at the stat line, I got some unpre-nerf 
Orcazoa vibes where I'm like, so this thing is like a lot of health, so it's going to keep me alive. And at the same time, it also gives me, you know, a very good direction. So definitely looks like it's going to, you know, promote playing on that at the start. Um, was that like a conscious decision where like, let's just make it, I mean, I'm just assuming that it's going to be strong. I haven't played with the card, of course. You guys can maybe give some feedback if you have. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a good point that you bring, Shady. So um, yeah. when we look at the previous two types, we have Quillbores and we have Nagas, right? When when we saw that play out, it always seemed to be that these types tend to, to kind of dominate the meta and be very strong on release. And then afterwards, after you take some more data, then you kind of tone it down a bit. I was wondering if that is like a conscious design decision, lean into making it a little bit overtuned and then uh, fix it, whereas you're making it undertuned and then having to buff and buff and hope that people play with it. Yeah, I can talk a bit about the philosophy of that. Uh, we have a new season. We want the game to change, so we need new content to be at least playable. A terrible thing would be, oh, if you play the cool new stuff, you're going to lose. Uh, I think Diablo. some examples of this are like with buddies. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I said Diablo on release. Yeah, yeah. we we have Diablo was idea. bad on release. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You played, you're gonna lose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so th there's definitely we are conscious about. Hey, let's make this playable, especially when there's lobbies with lots of people wanting to play it. It means that there's fewer minions in that minion pool. But I think one lesson we've taken from the past is, hey, let's build in some counters on release so that if it does dominate the meta, there are ways to counter it. For Naga, the way you beat uh, Athissa on launch was you get Athissa faster than them. Right. Uh, now we've got cards like Cinderai Straight Shot. That's which actually is... our next topic. <laughs> okay, yeah. Excellent. Let me bring it up. So this is a, a Wind Fury Divine Shield minion, and when it attacks a minion, it removes its Reborn and Taunt from that target. So we wanted to build in some tech options for if Undead do take over the meta, you, you have some counterplay. There's also another thing uh, aspect, which is I talked a little bit about how Undead have multiple archetypes. They kind of have their Reborn archetype. They've got a Nerubian attack buff archetype where it's about buffing all of your minions' attack and then throwing waves of fragile high attack minions. And you have the Eternal Knight comp. Um, and so hopefully, even if lots of people are playing Undead, they're playing Undead in different ways, and it can feel different. It's not, it's not the case where, like, let's say someone's playing, like, Elemental, and it's like Naga, or Nomi, and it, it always feels the same. They, you know, they stay on four and get their Wind Furies, and then, you know, it's the same. So even if people are playing the same minion type, there's different ways to play that are both all viable. So you might see them play undead, but then you might see another undead comp, but they're playing two different compositions. Yeah, maybe like Exodia Pirates and APM Pirates yeah. is a similar comparison. How you like tech against those is very different. One, you want poisonous. The other, you're trying to like get zap. Now I feel bad because I know it's gone. And that's, that was like maybe my like top three or top two favorite comps. <laughs> so yeah. Just throw yeah. a bunch of Baron Skulls. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's yeah. not completely dead. Uh, excuse me. He's Titus now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how dare you? <laughs> uh, about the uh, straight shot, the, uh, the question I had is in uh, playtesting, if you guys really noticed, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm rolling for this now. Uh, because sometimes you have situations where you're fighting George, you roll for a blaster, 
you're fighting, you know, someone with a bunch of big stats, you're rolling for queen and Leroy and you're skipping the rest. So yeah, if this if this comes up. Definitely noticed, um, I would say, more situations where you would think about it heavily if it's presented in the shop when you're in the spot in the game where you see your opponents undead. They're not necessarily like the terror of the lobby, so this is the only way to beat them is to find this. But it's kind of like maybe for this next combat, this would be a pretty good tech option to you know limit how much damage they can do with reborn um it can be also in that spot where you are trying to hit this against one of the final fights uh but i wouldn't say it's as desperate of a role for zap against leapers or something like that because it is tier four and a bit more common to hit you could just see it without necessarily going for it and on the flip side when you're the undead person and aware that some people could be playing this in your comp, I find that you think twice about whether you want to give your reborn targets taunt. Like Blanche, for example, has in our playtesting been historically a good target for taunt because you want it to get stats from a taunt giver like uh, Vigilant Stoneborn. You want it to come back and you want your reborn stuff to die in order so that you get maximal buffs from uh, Sister Death Whisper. But if you put taunt on your reborn, then it makes it served up on a silver platter for this Indore. So there's a lot to think about here. So very similar to a Leroy big minion type situation where you either want to throw a bunch of distractions out there, so taunt everything and say, don't hit my reborn, or we just avoid taunting the reborn altogether. Very cool. And you can give it 10 attack. Just saying, you know. <laughs> the first attack, though. First attack on the... <laughs> I mean, that's the one that matters. <laughs> But yeah, definitely, definitely a cool card. Um, next up, we have a couple, I believe, uh, cards to talk about. Um, next one is Chrono. Chronormu. Chronormu. Thank you. I'm horrible at pronouncing. That's okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. When this is on Bob's Tavern, gain the stats of any minion sold. This is a, this is a very unique mechanic. You guys want to talk about? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, throughout. I'd say mainly after introducing Tavern Tipper in many playtests and on live, we got feedback like, oh, it feels so bad to have to sell this minion that I invested so much into because it just doesn't scale quick enough with the rest of my comp. So we were looking for ways to, you know, let people still pay out on that, but actually translate it into something that could stay in your endgame comp. And Chronormu was a way of doing that with also other interesting mechanics of like, you know, how many minions do you want to sell? Like you could sell down to less than seven minions if you feel like that board space, you're going to get a return on investment on it later by just consolidating all those stats into one thing. I'm, uh, I'm scared of this. <laughs> I think uh, this could be pretty powerful if uh, if I use it correctly. So definitely a fun one. I do like the uh, the interaction of how you can save minion stats. Where like Tipper is definitely a card where I play with it, and then like I get my six drop, you know, because I you know you, you play Tipper and you just ramp, and then you get your six, and then you sell your Tipper afterwards. But if you have a way like oh, I tripled into like a dragon synergy, and then oh. I can sell my tipper, play Chronormu, uh, and salvage that tipper stat line. That seems like a very elegant way of like 
continuing the composition, like the flow of the game. Like, oh, I play Tipper, and then I find a Chronormal, and then then I win with Caligos, Copium, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I could. Uh, for sure. I think this patch is um, offering a lot of flexibility. You look at dual type minions, and it's like, okay, do you? This is a dragon murloc. Do you want to go dragons with it or murlocs? You're not committed to that decision yet, but it opens up that window. With undead, you try to do multiple end game comps, and you can kind of flex between them a bit. Uh, once Chronormu, you know, maybe you've got uh, blazing skyfin and maybe some dragons and some murlocs. You're not quite sure which one you want to do. You've invested a bit of resources into both see this in the shop and you feel like you can sell those murlocs not lose value and hard commit to dragons yeah another, another cool thing with it is like you have this like a huge ball of minions and then you sell the ball of minions. i'm assuming the ball is going to give your minion stats but then this chronome is also going yeah. to take the stats as well that's very that's strong good. yeah you know and then yeah so, Wait, ball. before before we go on, Colin, yeah. sorry, I, I messed up your smooth transition there, my man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I worked so hard on these transitions. I know, I, I felt bad, but I still have to do it. So a little clarification on the golden version, because I, I can see some people reading the golden version and saying, well, well, how do I get the golden minion in the shop? That doesn't work, right? So yeah. maybe a little bit of uh, you know elaborating on that. So it is straight up true that this will almost never happen, that you get the golden Kronormu in shop, not even with Jandis, because you can't swap a golden minion into the shop. But some edge case scenarios, for example, the Yog Wheel outcome that turns a minion in the shop golden, then you can do the crazy thing of, uh, because the golden will say, well, in Bob's Tavern gain twice the stats of any minion sold. But obviously that's extremely powerful, so we want this to be a very edge case scenario. Right, right. I'm not sure if Ticketus can do that in this meta. Yeah, there uh, is the Dark Moon prize as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> very, very rare. But hey, you can chase it down, guys. Uh, Ticketus, <laughs> make this golden. And Show us the screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to talk about Ball of Minions next, you know. I, don't know. I just wanted to know what your thoughts on this card, because I think, you know, in this meta, it's definitely... Uh, a card that dominates and and really f uh forces how people play a lot of compositions i think about can can i utilize ball of minions well in, the, in terms of like whether i play it or, or commit just wanted to talk about i do think there needs to be some type of amalgam amalgam minion but what's your thoughts on this one specifically how it's played out and how people utilize it well, it's been very fun with Undead in because of the permanent attack buffing aura that we have that does apply to Ball of Minions as it counts as Undead and Undead. So when you sell that, you get extra deterrence on your attack. But yeah, Ball is definitely a design that has, you know, a lot of fans. And it's a card that has always been a bit tricky to have in mind when coming up with new designs. For example, like Anima Bribe had to go away for Ball. So it's something that we'll always have our eye on going in the future. But for now, I think it's pretty fun with Undead in. Yeah, sorry, I was coughing. <laughs> so the, um, here we're going a little bit more with, it's just feel good. There's a lot of opportunities. You can do really cool stuff as opposed to maybe being a little bit like, well, maybe this interact. Because right now, the way how people play APM Pirates, 
it's really funny, especially when Murlocs are in and you can see Fuchef. You just make one huge golden ball of minions and then you have like three golden ball of minions in your hand and you just drop them on the board and you sell the ball and you just let it hop from one to another. So there's definitely some, some, and of course the, the classic, I'm, I'm buffing the shop and I buy this. Oh, that's a 50-50 ball of minions. I guess I get 50-50 to my board right now. So there's definitely some, some crazy outcomes with ball where you're like, well, this feels a bit too strong, but I, I definitely yes. hear you when you say it's, uh, it's a feel-good minion when you when you pull it off and you throw a bunch of spellcrafts on a ball and sell it. It, it does feel pretty good. Yeah. yeah. With would... pirates in general, I would expect the completely infinite strategies to be a bit harder to pull off now that Tony Two Tusk is gone, and also with the removal of quests that do sometimes make it easier to get access to that. Uh, at that same time, there are still cool things you can do with ball in a bit more of a capped scenario, which is just getting the uh, gold gun, for example, just make an instantly golden ball sell that. Same way with golden hammer. Um, of course, we'll continue to monitor that if anything gets a little bit too out of control and is extremely prevalent, then we'll react accordingly. Yeah, I mean, seafood slinger is still in, right? So you can still seafood a, a ball up and then sell that and cycle it that way and, and get a seafood again, right? Because, <laughs> you know, you get the triple. So I've definitely had a game where, you know, you. Play Nomi, it's 50-50 ball, seafood the ball, get a solid, get 100 stats, hit your Nomi, get another seafood, so get another ball, so, so I get another seafood out. And then I just have like a 300 health Nomi at the end of it. Kind of strong, <laughs> but yeah. Definitely a, I'm a card I, I do think um, could be looked at or, or see, see how it interacts, in, especially in the Nomi. In the undead non-quest meta and see uh, how it feels and then uh we do have like one more final topic just um oxfin on six right so it's been a it's been out for a little while and, and it is still a unique situation right this is a uh a one two right on tier six and just kind of to your feels on your your feels on toxfin how it feels whether you like it on six and, and how you would look at it you know in, in general Yeah. Um, uh, okay, sure. go ahead, John. <laughs> okay. Um, you start, and then I'll add on. Because you were saying okay, smart things yeah. about this yesterday. <laughs> oh, no worries. Yeah. So with the patch window that we had to address poison, this was going into a particularly long play period of time where we wouldn't be able to change something else. Because right. end of the year holidays, which means we expect more people to play, but we also have less time to work. So... Uh, with Toxfin on 6, being on 4, actually, across all MMR, this was not actually a big power outlier, but we're, of course, aware that um, Poison across a wide board has always gotten some negative sentiment on. It just feels like the stats I worked hard to build don't matter. So with Poison as a mechanic in general, it's something we were um, always looking at different ways to address long term. But while we are in the process of landing on something that we're very comfortable with, um, we wanted to give some sort of uh, feels adjustment, for lack of a better term, that, you know, if poison is the thing that is stopping most of our players from having fun, what is a way to make this less prevalent? And how can we react to that after we've had some time to see how it did in the quest meta? Um, so far, the way it's landed, like, Initially, um, I know it felt very, very weird because it's just 
you triple into a six and you see this option and it's just not something you feel happy about. Uh, but in terms of reducing poison prevalency, it has hit some of those goals, not all of them. Um, so it's something we'll continue to think about how we can adjust this in the future. But heading into the undead meta in particular, um, we expect poison prevalence to go down a little bit more even because of the token strategies coming up. And with the addition of a lot of other six drops, especially among dual type, um, we are hoping that the uh, frequency of hitting Toxfin as your triple and six and feeling bad, bad is less prevalent. A lot of people talk about this a lot, but I'm going to echo it about the role of Poisonous in the game. So Poisonous and effects like Leroy, Destroy effects are comeback mechanics. Uh, they can feel very frustrating where you go, wow, I, I got Golden Nomi so early on in the game and I did all this work and got very lucky and then I lost to like a, a Poisonous minion. But on the flip side, you don't ever want to be in a position where you know how the game's going to play out. If you go against that player with Golden Nomi and go, oh no, they're scaling like crazy. No one in the lobby can compete. Uh, you want to be able to have tools at your disposal to, to react to that. And that's the, the role Poisonous plays in the game as a whole. Uh, so this was also, like Gia said, reducing prevalency, seeing and learning. Uh, how does the game play out when it's been reduced a little bit? I uh, will say that my experience, like I thought it was going to be a bit much move to six, but I really enjoyed it uh, because I still get poison a lot of the times when I need it, but I just need to plan a lot more for it. Except, you know, I mentioned at the start of the broadcast that, you know, maybe a quarter of my games was just spam Murlocs with Honcho and then look for Toxin. <laughs> so maybe make that half of my games with Murlocs. So that's, that's, uh, that's not so... It's not fun when that's the that's the optimal play. So I think that's that's something you guys are very aware of. That you don't want the optimal play to suck. Again, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you want it to be cool. You want to you want to have fun with it. So the um, right now you do have to go to six, and there is still that opportunity that you are going to take off with brand and seafood slinger and stuff. And I don't think people mind losing to that too much, but they mind it losing to the person that you know just had snickersnack toxfin on tier four, never leveled, probably never tripled and still beats them because, well, maybe they tripled a selfless hero and that's it. And they, they still just beat a comp. They would have to make some pretty specific pivots to you know incorporate cleave or golden blaster to snipe something. So yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, while it did not look intuitive to me, I have been enjoying playing with the tier six toxic. Great answer. You hit the answer to the questions. Um, I do think that is the final topic we have. Um, there are just a couple uh, minions and, and things we wanted to cover before we go. Do you guys have any final words, any things you want to talk about, anything I missed? Like I, I want to talk on something, because I, I disconnected from the call earlier. Yeah. I was back on Puffer Quill. All right, and I, I want to talk about some design philosophy of uh, effects in the game. We have uh, combat effects, and we have shop effects. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to give some extreme cases of comps with one. Imagine a world where you're making a bunch of fun decisions during shop with things like spellcraft and, and blood gems, but when it comes to the combat phase, none of the minions have effects. They're just their stats. Uh, I think there's lots of fun decisions in the, in the shop aspect, but when it comes to combat, um, 
you kind of know how it's going to play out. You're not excited to watch the combat. You're just waiting to take your turn again. If you suddenly introduce something like a poisonous minion, there's a lot of tension. Is it going to hit their biggest minion? Uh, maybe there's a divine shield minion in there, and you're hoping your your one one hits it. Um, so when when building comps, we try to balance this ratio of of shop and combat effects. Uh, some comps lean more into one than the other, and that's totally okay. That that makes them feel different, but we don't want to be too extreme with one. Uh, so for example, pirates APM pirates is very heavy on on shop effects, whereas um, uh, Exodia Pirates is very heavy on, on combat effects. Uh, so this was that with Naga and Quillbor, we felt like they were a little light on combat effects, so we wanted to make sure the dual type could address that. Um, and on the flip side with Undead, when designing it, we talked a lot about trying to get more combat effects into the game, and it was more focused on that aspect. Really, really interesting uh, thought philosophy. I, I haven't really thought about... Uh, the unit types in that way where uh you know i just play whatever's strong yeah <laughs> i don't care if it's strong in the shop or the combat, but yeah yeah exactly sorry please go ahead Collins. but adding that uh thought process where you you want the shop to feel impactful and you want the combat to feel impactful. definitely think cobors are 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 the cobors are the 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 minion types where i'm like this needs more stuff <laughs> like i need to do more stuff with cobors so. Definitely like adding poison to that. Nagas, you know, Nagas already have divine shield and, and they double their stats and you know you get free spellcraft. Sure, yeah. They're fine. Quilboy, yeah, I, I definitely understand. Any other yeah. thing? I, I was gonna say on the topic of the, the combat uh sort of suspense with Nagas, I think a lot of that is provided by your opponent, where you usually have a big Myrmidon or so, or you have, you know, some of the Nagas that you've had around for a long time that have been buffed by Atisum. But yeah, then if they don't have a poison, you just okay, it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if it's a mirror, right? It, it, there's less of that. I think that's it. Uh, making good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, dude, I, I told they told me how much time I have. I like, Perfect. Perfect. All right. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, um, that will be it for our special dev interview. John Gia, thank you so much for being here. For dealing with us, you know, <laughs> and everything, definitely, and chat as well. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, you can find us at uh, Collins Shady Bunny Gia. Where can we find you, John? Where can we can't find us anymore? We're we're just developers now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I'm still on Twitter at Gia D underscore, but I am a lot less active lately. This job takes time. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at John E.V. McIntyre. Perfect, perfect. Thank you guys for having me. We'll see you guys on the next one. Actually, we're going we're gonna to be doing one on Friday as well. Cover everything, because we couldn't cover everything. In a lot more, as yeah. Well. Yeah, so yeah. on Friday, we're going we're gonna to go and dive deep and see you know, what we think is going to break the game. Yeah. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take care and have a wonderful rest of your day. Well, thank you. Have a Thanks good day. Thanks for having us.